Get ready to learn the top secrets and simple strategies for living the life of your dreams. Welcome to Living the Dream Podcast, where it's not just about achieving your goals in the future, it's about enjoying your journey along the way. Here are your hosts, Krista Joy and Christy Fredericks. Hi, dreamers, and welcome to our show. Are you ready to learn to tune in to your inner rebel and give her a voice? Find beauty from the inside out and more? Our guest today is a certified health coach as well as a world-class entertainer. She's very insightful and great at thinking outside the box in troubled times. She will even share how you can connect with her on Facebook and enjoy her free health and fitness classes. We have so much to get into today. So thrilled and honored. Lisa Stiles, welcome to Living the Dream Podcast. Thank you. Hi. I'm very happy to be here. We're glad to have you. Can you tell us a little about your history with health so everyone can kind of get an idea of how far you've come to where you are teaching others mm-hmm. now everything that you've learned? Sure. Well, I think it probably started, you know, as I became a woman, um, I became very aware through fashion magazines and other peers that, you know, there was an expectation that I was supposed to look a certain way. And uh, that started the ball rolling. I, as a teenager, became bulimic and very, very disappointed that that I was a bulimic because I actually wanted to be anorexic and I couldn't be. Like, I didn't have the willpower (laughs) to will myself to be that ill. So bulimia was my friend throughout my teen years. And and then it kind of went away for a while and it would kind of haunt me and my weight would go up and down the scale all the time, up and down, up and down. And I work in show business. So it's very, very harmful environment for someone with an eating disorder because people are always trying to get you to change the way you look and to be very thin, but don't lose your boobs. <laughs> like, you know, most unrealistic expectations of a woman. So finally, when I was in my 30s, I mean, just had this very disordered relationship with my body, how I saw myself. And one day, my beautiful daughter, on her 10th birthday, I believe it was, she got a present. It was candies. And she flipped the box over immediately and said, I wonder how many backgrounds are in this. And I was like, horrified because I was like, oh, my God, look what you've done to your daughter. Cause she's perfect. She's beautiful and absolutely perfect. And she's worrying about fat grams at 10 years old. Like really? And that's because I was constantly looking at fat grams. I was constantly looking for nutritional facts on every single thing I put in my mouth. Cause it was an obsession. And I, you know, I dabbled in throwing, throwing up. I dabbled in fasting and exercising excessively. I became an exercise fitness instructor, hoping that if I was forced to exercise all the time, that I get in this amazing shape. And I was never quite where I wanted to be. And, and, and then when I would briefly get to where I wanted to be, I realized I wasn't that happy. I wasn't really, the the magical things I thought were going to be cured, it didn't help. I was still kind of not happy in my life. So I realized at some point there was a disconnect there. So when somebody, I catch my daughter saying this sentence, I said, I got to get some help. And that's when I started kind of on my journey of intuitive eating and all that kind of stuff with therapists and trying to get better, trying to really be a healthy person. Tell us about intuitive eating. What does that mean? It's about tuning into your own body and figuring out what your needs are. It's sort of bucking the system in a lot of ways because there's a million different approaches to eating. And this is not for everyone. 
It's for people that are emotional eaters or have issues of turning to food when they're really stressed out, for people that just um, have a very disordered kind of relationship with themselves in the mirror. So it's about rejecting the societal like stereotypes of what we're supposed to look like and really tuning into your inner caretaker to develop her and find a way to like kind of sit with your uncomfortable feelings. And if you need to eat while you're doing that, that's okay. You don't yell at yourself because that sets up this whole cycle. Well, I love what you have on your website. You wrote something about basically to embrace the new version of ourselves. So I was wondering if you could tell people kind of what that idea is. What's the new version that well, that you okay. Well, I'll just go personally with my own journey. So it started with this book I found in the bookstore. I was looking for a diet to end all diets where I would finally be happy. And I found this book called When Women Stop Hating Their Bodies. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is the diet book I've been looking for. Well, it turned out it was an undiet book. It was all about this whole idea of intuitive eating and about body positivity and accepting whatever size you are. Health at every size is also another kind of term that a lot of people are throwing around these days, which means that you may end up being heavier than you actually think you should be and that you're comfortable being, but that might actually be your natural set point. That your body has a natural set point and that if you allow yourself to have a, a good relationship with food, you might actually settle into that, but it may be a little bit bigger than your comfortable being. So that's kind of the idea. So what I did is I, I don't weigh myself. I haven't weighed myself in probably 15 to 20 years, I think. I banned all fashion magazines from my house and any kind of magazine that promoted a specific, specific body type. I stopped watching so much media, uh, like TV shows and things like that for a while because I couldn't handle it. I hung up pictures around my house of beautiful women of size, um, voluptuous women who were curvy and were built like me from the ancient times that where it was acceptable to be curvaceous and, and that was considered a symbol of beauty. I found a way to get rid of my clothes that didn't fit me anymore. And it was heartbreaking the first time I did it to get rid of those skinny clothes. And almost every woman can admit that she's got three different sizes in her closet. The one where she's like skinny, the one where she's pretty average and medium, and then she's got her fat clothes. And I decided to move into my own body. So I started buying clothes for the size I am now, even though I typically would only shop when I lost weight and was at my skinniest and buy those outfits and then be depressed that I couldn't fit into them anymore. Because it was unrealistic. I couldn't attain that standard all the time. And it made me very unhappy and sick, really, and affected my daughters in a very difficult and negative way, I believe. Okay, so some great tips there on kind of like how to embrace yourself like the way you are right now. Yes, yes. And also like catch yourself in the mirror. This is something we've been talking about on my um, private group on Facebook is this month we've sort of been talking about how women talk to the, about themselves and to themselves very mean, like mean girl voices in your head that you say. And it typically it's a lot of times it's the same thing over and over again. It might be something that someone said to you that hurt you deeply, or it could be something you just made up that probably is not true, but you say it over and over to yourself. And so to catch yourself in the mode of saying those, those things, and then to kind of question it and go, who says that thighs shouldn't be ripply and dimpled? Like who, who exactly is making up these rules that we have to live by, that this is more beautiful than this? Like, and, and when you start to examine that and really take it apart, it's, it's a bunch of nonsense. Like every woman and, and every man really looks different and because of their genetic heritage and because of their history with food and dieting and for a lot of different reasons, their age. So there's like 
some really positive things you could start to say, or at least neutral things you could start to say in the mirror when you look at yourself so that doesn't drive you to feel really bad about yourself. So this, like, how long of a journey has this <laughs> been for you? And do you ever feel like, I'm, I know there'll be people listening who may have, like, ro- ridden this roller coaster before. Like, do you ever feel yourself backslide? And if you do, like, how do you get yourself back on track oh, with this healthy yeah. new thought? So that's an interesting question because I'm recently really struggling with a backslide because of, I think, the pandemic and because I can't go home um, currently to live with my boyfriend in New York. And I have, you know, several members of my immediate family who are very, very ill. And so I'm, I'm pretty stressed out. And so I've backslided and I kept saying, you know, to myself, well, you're a health coach. You shouldn't be backsliding. You should know how to handle all this. But it's actually really a tough thing, what everyone's going through right now. So so I got back to basics. That's what I finally came to. At least you got to get back to basics. So when I first started with intuitive eating, the book recommends, and it's very weird, but like I said, rebel against your, your, your uh, sort of open up your mind to this idea. So what I did is I had a food bag and the food bag I brought with me everywhere is a little soft cooler. And I would pack it every day with things that I might want to eat later. So as an intuitive eater, I might crave something salty or crunchy or smooth or warm or cold, all different kinds of like textures. And so I would pack what I think I might want that day. And it turns out a lot of times I wouldn't even eat half the food that was in there. And sometimes I would. But people thought I was a little bit nuts while I was doing it. I haven't gone that far back. But the other thing that's super crazy and that will, I'm sure, strike most uh, listeners as super crazy, was stocking up on formerly forbidden food. So if you have an issue with, say, if I may be very personal, peanut butter cups. So right now, my binge food is peanut butter cups. And I decided after I started like stealing them at night from my mother's stash, because she has like some candy in the cupboards and feeling really bad about it and replacing it because I didn't want her to know I was eating them. I stocked up on peanut butter cups. I literally keep them right by my bedside and I have more than I could possibly eat ever in one night, always there. And as soon as it like goes down, I replenish it. And eventually, and it took way longer than I wanted it to take. I started to not eat them. Like they didn't, they lost their shine. They lost their magic. And I think that's what a lot of women do is we attach this magical quality to our binge foods like ice cream or our comfort foods like fast food. It might be French fries for you or a milkshake or a hamburger. It could be salty things, you know, but we attach this magical quality to this food. And what happens is, is you think it's magical. It's going to make you feel better. So you eat it and you eat it to extreme amounts because you do feel better momentarily. But then afterwards, you beat yourself up about it. And then you distract yourself with the hatred talk. You distract yourself and you keep turning it back on yourself. When really what drove you to go eat that gallon of ice cream was what's going on in your real life, which was maybe you're in a shitty relationship or maybe you don't have the, the job that you want or you have a difficult relationship with your mother or you have, you know, some something that was really scary. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this pandemic. And that's in reality, the real thing that's driving you to go eat this food and then have this inner dialogue with yourself, which really distracts yourself from the real scary thing that like maybe your sister has cancer and that's something really difficult that maybe you can't solve or 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 control you can't control it so you have to sort of like 
distract yourself with this whole binge purge cycle. And then somehow it takes the edge off of the real scary questions of how am I going to get through my sister having cancer? Now, is this stocking up on a food that would formerly be forbidden? Is that the part? Because there is something on your website that I thought was interesting. You teach people how to learn to tune into their inner rebel and give her a voice. Is that is that part of learning how to tune into your inner rebel? Yes, because formerly forbidden food, these are foods you've decided by some diet you've been on or somebody told you are bad. They're bad foods. So you kind of legalize all foods so that every food has an equal value. It's no longer carrots are good, salads are good, and ice cream is bad. They're all equal. So eventually, and it does usually cause people to gain weight initially, eventually, because you stop believing that ice cream is the savior and is the cure to all your problems, that actually some days you crave salad. And it's not because you're being good. It's because that's what you want to eat. That's what tastes good. You know, that's actually what you want to eat. And then sometimes it could be, uh, you know, peanut butter cups and that's what you want to eat. But it's a very bizarre for most people kind of way to approach food. But for me, it worked. And every time I tell people about it, they think I'm absolutely nuts. But I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this. I kind of talk about on my website, your body is your rocket ship. Fuel it right. And and when I talk about fuel, people think, oh, well, she's talking about eating healthy foods and stuff. But that's not actually what I'm talking about. I'm talking about self-care, talking about being kind to yourself, giving yourself a break, like you guys were saying, fueling your your body, not just with food and, and, and vitamins, but also with self-care and, and love. And, uh, you know, maybe something indulgent that you really would love that doesn't cost a lot of money. Cause right now a lot of people don't have money, but <laughs> I don't think it's crazy at all. I think it's brilliant. I mean, so much <laughs> of life and I say this all the time, so much is how we think of things and it's basically yeah. just kind of changing your belief systems so that it works for you. I, I really think it's, I think it's amazing. And, and it obviously works for you. For those that don't know, haven't seen Lisa, she's, she's amazing, an amazing shape. She gets on stage and, and the little dresses and sometimes they're really short and she, <laughs> she looks great all the time. So yeah. this is something that works. I mean, maybe it would, would sound crazy well, to some people, but it truly works. Yeah. You walk the well, walk. Yeah. So that, so the caveat is like, so when I started on this, I did gain a lot of weight. I have to be honest. Like I gained a lot of weight. So I was very heavy and, and actually lost a marriage over it because my husband could not understand what the hell these women were saying in this book to me that made me gain so much weight. And he thought I was absolutely nuts. And he really, really just broke my heart saying that those women that wrote that book should be shot. And I realized at that moment that my husband really wanted to have a pretty wife. He didn't really care about the inside of me, the heart that was breaking all the time when I was making myself throw up my meals, the heart that was breaking when I was constantly berating myself for not staying on this diet. And I did them all. I did Weight Watchers. I did Jenny Craig. I did uh, Nutrisystems. I did every single diet that is around away. I was in you know Overeaters Anonymous for a long time. Um, I tried everything. And this was the only thing that really worked for me. So I got okay with being the size that I was, even if I had to be heavier at that heavy weight, I was going to live that way and embody that, that like embody her uh, and live in that body as is now. So I would buy clothes that fit me that were beautiful and that made me feel elegant and lovely. I would be very good to myself and treat myself well. And guess what happened after I divorced my second husband? 
this amazing younger man fell madly in love with me at the size that I was. And I was huge. <laughs> it was huge. And he adored me and he adored my thighs. And my thighs were the ones that I was having war with all my life. I had war with my thighs. So it was amazing because all of a sudden I was sending out a different message mm -hmm. to the universe. Like, no, I'm okay. Even at this weight, I'm a beautiful woman who should be adored and, and loved. And all of a sudden, that got sent out into the universe and, and whatever you believe in, if you want to believe in God, God sent it to me. And I was very, very happy to have him in my life for a long time. Ultimately, we did not stay together, but we were together for about a decade and we almost got married. But um, I think it's a good kind of testament to what kind of I had to learn in my life that even if it meant that I was going to be heavier than I wanted to be, even if it meant I had to give up my career and my marriage. I was going to do it because I was going to be okay with Lisa. No matter what size she was, I'm going to love myself at every single size that I'm going to be. And I'm going to be skinny sometimes. I might be heavier sometimes. And that's okay. Fat's not a dirty word. Like fat is a, a, a way, it's, it's actually a descriptive noun. It's not actually an adjective. <laughs> and people use it as a put down, but it's just a descriptive term a lot of the time. I love it. And what I really love, Lisa, I mean, you could have kept this all to yourself but it's been put on your heart to share this journey so that you can help other women kind of find their own happiness like you have. Yeah. So your first step, which you so bravely took this year, was starting this Facebook group. So mm -hmm. tell the ladies about your group and, and how you're reaching out to people with this and how they can join. Yeah, so it's a private Facebook group called Ginger Rocket Gals. And Rocket is like, like you're rocking your life, you know, like rocket with a hyphen and not like a rocket shooting up in the sky, but I got the idea because I am living near where they shoot rockets off right now. Ginger Rocket Gales is just a private group for women that want to explore the whole idea of intuitive eating, body positivity and health at every size. And when I, you know, when I started it, I was going to just have it kind of a talking, you know, back and forth kind of thing. And then I ended up starting to teach belly fit, which is another class that I teach. It's an exercise class. Basically, it's a movement class, but it's a wonderful program. And it's all about embracing the now. And when I first saw the belly fit instructor that I fell in love with on the internet, she was doing this move and it was called a belly fit march. And it's kind of just moving your hips from side to side and marching in place. And she said, ladies, embrace your jiggle. And I was just like, <gasps> like I, it literally took my breath away. Like she said, embrace my jiggle. And I reround and I went back to what she just said. And she said, embrace your jiggle. And I was like, oh my God, I have to learn how to do this. And I have to teach it because this is the most remarkable thing I've ever heard. Embrace my jiggle. I, all my life I've lived in the fitness industry and in show business. And they were always saying I needed to not have a jiggle, not have, a, you know, any kind of curves or, or dimples or like, you know, flesh. Like it was always supposed to be smooth and hard and ripped, you know, and, and like all of a sudden she was saying to embrace my jiggle, which is my feminine form. And it's beautiful. And I don't need to discount that anymore and, and hate what I see in the mirror. So that I started teaching that for free in my private group because I figured, you know, some of these ladies might actually enjoy this movement. It's very feminine and it's very um, fun. The music is really uplifting. And, and I still really like to move my body. And for a while I kind of rejected movement because I had had such a disordered relationship with exercise for such a long time, but now I'm starting, well, less probably decade or so. I, I definitely have 
more of a love affair with movement. And I, I, and I don't force myself to exercise if I don't feel like it. But lots of days I go, you know what I need right now? I need a bike ride at sunset in Florida because that would be beautiful. And I would feel so happy if I did that. And I, and I don't push myself. Come on, you got to sweat because that was what I used to do. You know, I used to be like, I got to burn so many calories and I got to sweat and I got to work off these thighs. And then I was like, what? Like belly fit says I can embrace my jiggle and I can just enjoy the movement of my body and, and, and feel, bring it down if I want to, cause I don't, maybe I'm tired or bring it up if I feel really jazzed and I want to really go hard today, but it's totally up to me. And I keep trying to tell my students to tune in to their inner wisdom, to that inner goddess that you have inside of you that knows what you need, but has been convinced by the diet industry that you don't know what you're doing and you need to do this. And this is, we're going to tell you how to do it all. It's actually probably not true because 95% of diets, dieters gain the weight back and, and it's very discouraging and they think it's somehow fault of theirs. And it's not, it's the diet industry is messed up. Some people will say about IE, well, what if I have, you know, issues like diabetes or I have a very specific allergy to a certain food. So that is intuitive eating in a sense, because if you've got something in your body that say you have diabetes and you know you're not supposed to eat a lot of sugar because it will make you sick, it will literally maybe kill you. That is something to address, but in a way of self-care, not in I have to stay on this diet. And I, you have to find alternatives to those things that you love, like maybe make your own peanut butter cups with no sugar in them because, you know, with stevia or something substitute something in there that you can have so that you get that craving and you, you get that sensation of having a treat that is important to look at and like allergies. So I have the sensitivity to dairy. So it just, it's not my friend. I love dairy, but dairy does not love me back. So I buy alternative products nowadays are so available at the grocery store that, you know, ice cream, you can buy ice cream. That's non-dairy ice cream. And I can eat that and it's wonderful. And I enjoy it so much, but I don't have to eat cartons and cartons and cartons of it anymore to, to, you know, cause, because it's allowed, I can have it whenever I want it. So I, it doesn't have the shine that it used to have. So when people start to like get a little bit, their backs up about, well, no, because I have diabetes. Yes, you do have to listen to your body. And that's what intuitive eating is about. If your body's saying, I can't handle this particular substance. And it's not about, because if I eat it, I'll look a certain way. This is about, if I eat it, it will make me sick. It will make me not feel well and I won't be able to have a good day in the now because I'll be on the toilet you know <laughs> well and I think even the diabetic people that I know you know like you said sugar is obviously going to be an issue but that doesn't mean that you also have to be deprived and feel like this kind of contentious relationship even with sugar like you said mm -hmm. there's sugar substitutes again we were talking about earlier and I Krista were discussing expectations and just not putting so much pressure. Mm -hmm on yourself, giving yourself a break, just taking good care mm -hmm. of yourself, loving yourself. Yep. And it definitely fits in yeah, with that whole yeah. mindset. But actually listening to that inner rebel and giving her a voice. I love that. Yes. Um, because it, who says that a round belly is less attractive than a flat belly? Like who made up those rules? Mm -hmm. Like it's just a cultural bias that says that we're supposed to look a certain, if you think about through the ages, women, women's bodies 
have the the fashion changes all the time. Sometimes it's in fashion to have a really thin, like flat chest and nose hips. Then there's other decades where being really voluptuous, like Marilyn Monroe was was the the it girl. She was the it girl. And then there was times when it was again went back twiggy and she was super skinny and that's how everybody wanted to look long straight hair. So we keep but we just keep having our bodies. Like genetics are just genetics. So we have these bodies we've been born into then society tells us, oh no, what's in style right now is Kim Kardashian booty. You know, well, I don't have Kim Kardashian booty and I'm never going to have one unless I want to get implants and I'm not. So it's so ridiculous to think that women should conform their bodies to fit these standards that keep changing every 10 years. You could be an it girl around the turn of the century, the Gibson girls. I definitely could have been an it girl. I would have been the most beautiful woman in the world. (laughs) And so much is mindset. Pay attention more to that and to our own heart and to our spiritual side instead of looking at what's going on in the world around us, it's just, it's truly like a huge part of being happy. I think. Agreed. Agreed. So speaking of being happy, Lisa Stiles, I want to give you a chance to talk about being an entertainer. So for our listeners who don't know you yet, I got to tell you, you got to look her up. Lisa puts her heart and soul out on stage. Like nothing I've ever seen before. She's an actress and a singer. So it all kind of blends together when she's on stage. Um, she's had a wonderful career. She worked with some really famous people, and she's got this beautiful voice. So I'm just curious to know why you love singing, why you got into entertainment to begin with. <laughs> I'm not really sure. My mom says I was like that when I was a little girl. Why did I get into it? I always wanted to be an actress. I never wanted to be a singer. I didn't really think I could sing. I didn't know I could sing. That was a surprise to me. I love to sing, but I didn't know that I was any good at it at all till I was in school, um, I guess. And I got cast in like a, a part in a play and I had to sing for that. And everyone was telling me, wow, you're really good. Wow. And I was like, whoa, what are, what's this? I feel like a celebrity. So then I kind of started the addiction of wanting to be up on stage and that love that you get from the audience and, and that you give back is just so intoxicating. So yeah, I started out as an actress in musical theater. Then I started realizing I couldn't really make a good living doing that because it's so up and down. Like if you're, unless you're married to a rich guy, <laughs> you're going to have a little trouble kind of being a single mom and working in the musical theater industry. So I said, well, maybe I'll start doing band work. So I started doing work in bands and that was more consistent and more steady. And then someone kind of got me into doing my own solo act, which merged kind of band work in with theater. So I got to portray characters and I could make up lines in between songs because you have to patter, you know, in between songs. And I, I realized I really loved that more probably than anything I'd done before. I don't know. I just don't think I tried to do other things in my life. I always wanted to be normal. <laughs> I, I wanted to be normal for my kids to just be a normal mom. But I, I really I, I couldn't do it. I, it was just I, I think it's kind of like being a minister or a priest or a nun. You get called artists get called to a certain thing and you can't stop it. You can even quit for a while, but you always get drawn back into it because it's just really something you're supposed to be doing, I think. I'm totally with you on that. And, and there again, it's it seems like a recurring theme. You listen to your heart. You yeah. listen to the inside. Instead of what the world was telling you, you've gone after your passion and what you wanted to do. And I think that's a that's a huge key to being happy. You yeah. got to go after what you want. And I mean, I think God... There's a God-shaped hole in all of us, but there's also <laughs> a desire-shaped hole or like whatever your passion is uh-huh. that, 
that you really um, need to pursue. It's part of what makes up who you are. And I, for one, am so glad you listened to that and didn't pay attention to that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks. And I, I know Christy has a question for you because you've done something really amazing and you're, you're thinking out of the side of the box during this time when a lot of people would have curled up into a ball. <laughs> Yeah, so as an entertainer, you could have been completely devastated by the current events. And instead, you've been doing something really amazing with your gifts and talents. So basically what it was is when I lost my job, all my jobs, pretty much um, around St. Patty's Day, my job got canceled. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Because I'm a redhead on St. Patty's Day. I better do a show. So I said, I'll just do a Facebook Live thing. And Krista actually kind of pointed me in that direction. And honestly, I really didn't think it was going to be anything. I just thought, well, it'll just be fun and I'll entertain my mom and dad in the living room, you know, because they were watching while I filmed it. And then a week later, I just started, the wheels started turning. I was like, well, maybe we should do it outside. If I filmed it outside, mom and dad could watch outside. Maybe some of their friends would kind of walk by and think it was fun, you know, and it would be, it would be a nice distraction for people. That's all I started with. Well, my mother is like friends with everyone in her neighborhood. She's super, super extroverted and loves to people. And she just started spreading the word and all through this neighborhood. And next thing you know, all these people showed up with their golf carts. They drove up, you know, and just parked six feet away from each other. And they put lawn chairs out on their lawns. And, you know, after a couple of weeks, we started having people fighting over their lawn chairs. <laughs> but it was funny. I was setting up my equipment and I was like, uh-oh, this could get ugly. And then one time a, a police officer drove by and we thought, we're going to get shut down. I was in the middle of a song. So my mother ran up to the cop and she was like, we're socially distancing, officer. We're all sitting six feet apart. Unless we live together, we all are. You know, he was like, oh, no. He goes, I don't care. He goes, just just don't block the road. OK. And he, then she goes, oh, yeah, we won't block the road. So and he drove away, he said, enjoy yourselves. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. So yeah. it didn't come without challenges, just like every wonderful thing in life. Like, right. I hope that I've inspired some other people to do sh shows in their driveways as well. You know, it, it sort of came onto me in a whim and I just kind of went with it and it's been building and building and it's been wonderful. It's just been such a blessing. And, and the thing that also is crazy is that my neighbors love it and adore it so much that they are just flipping out. They're just like, we needed this so much because people are dying. They're in their houses so lonely. This gives them a sense of community. They see each other, even though they can't hug, they wave and they wink and they laugh and they cry together and they clap together. And it's like they beat their horns on their golf carts together. And it's like, it's like this celebration. Like we're going to get through this, even though, you know, like the expression alone together, even though we can't sit right next to each other or dance with each other we're enjoying this together, you know, and it, it's so lovely to see people come together like that. So thank you so much for your time today. Lisa Stiles, health coach, world-class entertainer. Um, it's really been a privilege to have you talk to our listeners today and kind of share your thank story. Thank you for having me. Thank you us. so much. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If we've inspired you to get going on living your dreams, you can check out our website, newlivingthedreampodcast.com for more information. If you have any additional tips or comments on this episode, we would love to hear from you. Post a photo or comment inside of our Facebook group, Simple Dream Life Strategies. We can't wait to get inspired by your success. And thanks for listening to Living the Dream Podcast, where we know it's not just about achieving your goals in the future, 
It's about enjoying your journey along the way. Thanks for listening to Living the Dream Podcast. Music for today's episode was provided by Peter Alden's Kingdom Classics, now available for purchase on our website. This presentation represents the opinions of the hosts and guests of the show. Our show is informational and for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your health care professional for any medical questions. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Contact information for Krista Joy can be found at disneyways.com slash connect. Reach out to Christy Fredericks at disneyworldenthusiast.com slash about. At Living the Dream Podcast, we know it's not just about achieving your goals in the future, it's about enjoying your journey along the way. Hey, hey, hey.